Ever feel like you're doing this teaching thing alone? You don't have to be. Share Teaching is all about sharing the workload through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Together, we'll walk through all the difficult parts of teaching and learn how to streamline our processes, fine-tune our time management, and develop a more manageable workload. If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now here's today's Shared Teaching. Hello and welcome back to the Shared Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Susan, and today you are listening to episode number 99, where we're talking about how to set up successful student-led conferences. So October is right around the corner. Unfortunately, it's going so fast already. And October for me means it's student conference time. So I like to start a little bit early because it takes quite a lot of time to make it through a big list of students to get them all planned and prepared and ready to go. Now, if you're going to do student-led conferences, you do need this extra time because you're kind of having to put more responsibility on the students to take charge of the conference, and they might need to rehearse, they might need to learn their goals and their strengths, and that means a little bit of one-on-one conference time with them. So we're going to go through all of that, but I promise you student-led conferences are easier than they might sound, and they're quite simple to put together. So let's go ahead and dive right in. So if you don't know what student-led conferences are, it's very obvious, I guess, by the name, they are conferences that the students lead. Now, parents will often listen and ask questions as the students present, and they're presenting samples of their work, and they're discussing their progress in class. I love this part of student-led conferences because it gives students more of a voice, and they can explain to their parents why or why not they're doing well or not well in class. So depending on the time allowed for conferences, students might show their parents skills that they've learned through centers or maybe a portfolio of their work. Jane, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this name right, Jane Fung uh, wrote a blog post on the Teaching Channel website all about how she uses stations for students to show off what they know. And if that sounds like something that you're interested in, I will have that linked in the show notes. I actually really liked that, and I didn't know until I was researching this that that was even a thing that you could do for student-led conferences. So that seemed kind of exciting to me, especially if you're doing kindergarten or first grade. Have them do some kind of learning center to show their parents what they're learning and how they're progressing on that specific skill. So I believe Jane does teach a little bit of a younger age range, which is why she goes the center route rather than the portfolio route. Now, I've only done student-led conferences with second graders, and I know they go all the way up to middle school, but I highly recommend them even for second graders. I think they're just really good. So each student spends about five minutes across the four centers that Jane talks about while parents observe their child completing these activities. And she made sure to make a point in the blog post that The parents are silent watching these students perform these centers so they can kind of take note on how their kid is doing with that specific skill, which I thought was really interesting. 
Now, student-led conferences can also be held as a conversation between the student and their family, and then the teacher is the facilitator. This is my preferred way to hold conferences. So I'm just kind of there, and we're all at the same table together like we would be in a traditional conference, only the student is leading the way, and I'm just kind of prompting about what comes next for each section. So step one when you're setting up your student-led conferences is to communicate with parents. Now, most parents will most likely not have experienced a student-led conference before, so it's really important to let them know well before conference time exactly what to expect. So this might mean just a short letter home explaining how you will be running the conferences, maybe a breakdown of what they're going to look like before they come to their conference time. You don't want to just like spring it on them and have them be very surprised. And also, you might have a better turnout if the parent knows the student is presenting because it's a little embarrassing when they don't show up and their child has prepared something for them, right? So that's kind of a good little poke to nudge parents to attend. So if possible, you may want to offer a traditional conference for parents that have some resistance to the idea of student-led conferencing, but I will say in my, I don't know, four or five years of doing this, I haven't really had a lot of pushback with any parents wanting a traditional conference style, and I think it's because I kind of weave it in to be very similar to traditional, and with COVID, most parents didn't have that opportunity for conferences. So if they have a student that is not an older student, they didn't know what to expect anyway. So it went really well, and they didn't have that issue. So I do like to reserve reserve time at the end of the conference for parents to ask me any questions. So make sure that you provide that cushion of time as well, because then they'll leave the conference feeling satisfied that they got their needs met. Okay, step number two is to plan out your conference template. So You kind of already did this before step one, hopefully, so that you told the parents in the letter what to expect, but you want to decide exactly what's going to happen during that 15 to 20 minute conference slot. Now for student-led conferences, I do feel that 20 minutes is ideal. 15 minutes is a little too short. It can be done, but if you have students that are very nervous presenting for their parents, then you kind of need that extra five minutes. Now, I like to start each conference by having students share about their self-reflection. This is a completed, or this sheet is completed a week or two before conferences. When I was teaching second grade, students chose the correct smiley face, so it was kind of like a little survey, to share how they felt towards the statement. So we had a smiley face, we had kind of a neutral face, and we had a frowny face, and they chose one of the three faces to color in to show how they felt about the statement. And it was things like, I get my work done, I keep my desk clean. So those kind of organizational skills and then listening skills were put into that survey so the parents could kind of see the social aspect of how their child is behaving in class. Now, after students share, I show parents my teacher reflection on their student, which is almost identical to the student version, but it shares my viewpoint of how their child is in class. And I tell parents, and this is true, that I complete it without looking at their answers. So then we look at them side by side and we kind of compare, okay, your child just told you how they feel they are in class. Let me show you how I feel they are in class. And most of the times, we're very similar. And when we're not similar, the child often grades themselves harsher than I had. 
So it's pretty eye-opening to see how similar the students are and how honest they are in their reflections. So I really like that piece of it, and many parents appreciate seeing how we agree or disagree. And again, it kind of gives them a little bit of that traditional conference vibe where I share with them how I think their child is doing in class because they really want to know that piece too. So many parents are eager to hear from you and your perspective, and this is just an excellent and really quick way to put that in there. Next, I have the students share their strengths. So this is the second sheet of paper that is in their folders. And students will prepare this before the conference, just like they do the other things. And students will reflect on how they are doing across the core subjects. So I usually put reading, writing, math, science, or social studies, depending on what we're doing that quarter. So those are my big ones. And then I also have a spot on there for parents to put their input. But I like students to also find a, a work sample that goes along with each subject. And then the last thing is students are going to share their goals within each subject. So they're going to write goals for their math, their reading, their writing. And then I also provide space for parents to write a goal for their students. So when I said earlier I put parents on the strengths, I don't think I do. I misspoke. I put them on the goal sheet, not the strength sheet. Okay, step number three is to provide class time to prepare and practice. So I have found that student-led conferences are most successful when I have time to sit down individually with each student and talk about their upcoming conference. This helps iron out all those nerves. Students know exactly what to expect. I kind of go over it whole class as well and kind of give them a little brief model of what it's going to look like. And then I give out the student reflection pages for the whole class And then the other pages tend to be completed individually. So I might call students over or I might hand them out to them and then just call them over to check them. It really depends on the level of where my students are at for the class at that year. So some years you might need students that need more support. Some years they're fine to complete it independently and just come over and have you check it. And make sure you do check it because sometimes they're goals that they set or the strengths that they write might not have anything to do with that subject. So it's important to be another pair of eyes on their work. So generally, students only need about five minutes with me to discuss their strengths and goals, especially if they're a really strong student and they already know. And a lot of students, even your lower students, will know what they're struggling in. And you can tell them, okay, these are the things you're struggling, but I really want you to focus on what you're good at. So what are you good at? And if they're like, I don't know, and they're really low, then maybe you can be like, okay, well, you just learned these, you know, five alphabet letters. Maybe we can put that down that you're starting to learn some alphabet letters. So they are individual goals. And I do have a podcast episode about how I set my student learning goals. And that is episode number 35. If you want to take a listen to that one after you're done with this one, of course, And I will post it in the show notes as well. So let's see. And reading and writing, we set the student learning goals. So that's an easy one for them to fill out. And then for math, they can either use where they are at for their addition and subtraction fact fluency, or they can use the current math topic. So something that's very fresh in their minds. To organize conference materials, I provide each student with the manila file folder. So you can also use those large manila envelopes with the, I don't know, it's not a brad, but the, 
where you can seal them up. I find it's just easier to get file folders from the office. They tend to have those more than they have the giant um, envelopes. I was going to say file folders (laughs) again, but you know. (laughs) So this also gives a place to hold their papers. And I often, or I don't often, but I always give it to parents at the end of the conference to take with them. Of course, I take out any pages I might need. Sometimes I have a reflection sheet in there for myself for their specific grades or percentages they might have on the state standard tests. So that piece I kind of take out and I let the parents have the rest of it. So each student's set of papers goes in that file folder and then the weeks leading up to conference time, I place the folders in a basket at my small group area. Now each student's set of papers are in those folders and they're handed to students as we need them, which is a very important point to make because I learned this the hard way. (laughs) Papers will go missing. They'll get ruined by shoved into the desk in the wrong way. Sometimes I take them home because I've had that, I think it was two years ago with all the surveys. A lot of my students decided that they were just going to take them home. (laughs) I don't know why. So I make sure that I collect all those things and keep them in my folders now. So... We want to make sure we hold on to all those, and as they're finding their work samples to go with their strengths and their goals, those get added to their folders as well. Step number four is to schedule the conferences and check folders. So once conferences are scheduled, and the way I schedule them is through Sign Up Genius, it makes it super duper simple because it's all done by computer and families can see the exact slots that are open and they can sign up for it. This way you're not getting those pieces of papers back where it's first choice, second choice, third choice, and you're having to you know, play Jenga just to fit all the families in because they all have the same first and second choices. So this alleviates that need completely because they can sign up on Sign Up Genius and they can also change and reschedule themselves through Sign Up Genius as well. And you don't titch a thing, but you do get email confirmation. So I love it. I find it really easy. Again, I'm going to post in the show notes about that. It's just, it's not a podcast episode because that's a little bit hard because it has computer screenshots, but it is just a blog post you can read and it's called Easy Parent Teacher Conference Signups. So again, that's in the show notes. If you're interested in trying out Sign Up Genius, it's easy when you have a walk through step-by-step directions. So I highly recommend that. So the day of the conference, I place the student file folders in order of their conference by day and times. So I'll put all the Monday kids together and then I'll put them according to the time. And then I do the same thing throughout the week. And this makes it really easy to pull out the right folder when a parent comes to my door. And then I also know who's supposed to show up and maybe didn't because that folder is a placeholder between the first kid I saw and the next kid that's coming in. And it also alerts me if someone came at a time that's not theirs, then I can look, oh, well, my folders say it's in this order and I can check my schedule. And if I have space, I will take them. If I don't, then I have to say to them, I'm really sorry, I have another parent schedule this time. And then I have the schedule posted on my door as well, so parents can check. And then that lets them look at that schedule and say, oh, okay, you are really busy, but I have this time available. I can come back during here. And then I can just slot them in. So that's kind of how I navigate 
parents that are coming at the wrong times or they come up too early. If I have time, I will take them. If I don't have time, you do have to just, what I like to say, put on your big girl panties and just have that conversation with them about, oh, I'm so sorry. Because I don't like to disappoint them. (laughs) So that's a hard conversation for me. But it is necessary, especially you want to honor the next person's time. You have to have those conversations. Okay, last but not least, step number five is to watch your students shine. This is the hardest part of student-led conferences, but it's also the more most rewarding. You get to sit back and let your students take charge of the conference. If needed, you may want to have a script or a checklist for your learners to follow. Depends on what age level they are. I put things in the folder according to the order that we're going through them. So I never found that a checklist was necessary, but I did have like a cute little kind of like roadmap that kids could like follow and check off as they went through it so that the nerves, you know, weren't creeping up on them and they forgot exactly what they were supposed to do. So they did have like a little flow chart that they could follow if they really needed it. So again, those nerves make it really easy to forget what to do. So you want to make sure that you're alleviating alleviating that stress for them. Don't be afraid to step in and help guide the conversation, except especially if you're teaching younger students, because it may be necessary. And if the conference is in danger of running over time and you have another parent knocking at the door, then you might have to step in to kind of like swiftly wrap things up as well. So once you get the hang of student-led conferences, I don't think you'll ever want to switch back to traditional ones. So let's just go ahead and do a really quick recap of our steps today for setting up our successful student-led conferences. And that was to communicate with parents early. Step number two is to plan out your conference template, exactly how is the flow of each 20-minute conference going to go. Step number three is to provide class time to prepare and practice. Step number four is to schedule conferences and check the folders. Make sure that everything's all in order. You have all the pieces ready to go. Step number five is to watch your students shine. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you try student-led conferences and you haven't done it before, or you are working on trying them for the first time and you still have questions, don't forget to leave those questions for me. You can also email me, susan at shareteaching.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching, hitting that subscribe button, and leaving us a review on iTunes, so we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on shareteaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast. Podcast.